0: Hey everybody, Pastor Chris here. Thanks for listening to our Market Street Podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope today's message helps you in your walk with Jesus. For more ways to connect, visit us at marketstreetchurch.org. I don't know about you, but we, I don't know if you've never noticed uh, warning labels on some of the items that, you, uh, that you've purchased before. And um, it's, some of them are pretty uh, funny. Uh, so I have a few that I, you, you guys want to see some of the warning labels that, of some of maybe the items that you've purchased before. Uh, so this is on a stroller. It, it, it does warn you uh, to remove child before folding. So just so you know, just so you're aware, you need to take the child out before you fold it up. Okay, let me give you, uh, these are real, by the way. Uh, this, is a, this is one of those scooters, okay? This product moves <laughs> when used. This product moves when used. So, and, I, and, and to me, I would say, I know, that's why I bought it, right? That's why I have one, right, right? Uh, let me give you a, a, a few more. Uh, this is a dishwasher. Do not allow children to play in the dishwasher. This is a real warning label I don't I couldn't fit my children in there uh, but it it's a good seems like a good idea like if you, you know I don't have a lot of shower space you know so maybe this is another way to give them a bath I don't know but they don't want you to do that do not intended for highway use you you got to get the better wheelbarrow for it to go to 70 miles an hour this one this one does not is not intended for for highway use I got a few more cuz we're having fun so this is, this is dog medicine. This is, this is for your Fido, okay? All right? Uh, may cause drowsiness. Use care when operating a car. This is, this is for dog. This is for your, your dog, okay? Don't let your dog drive either, okay? Don't let your dog, okay. Um, this is a Chipotle truck. Drivers, do not carry burritos. It's literally on the truck. You've seen it. I've seen it, all right? So don't pull up next to a Chipotle truck and go, "I'll take the chicken fajita burrito wrap or whatever, whatever they have." Okay, don't—they don't have—they don't—they have, don't, they don't carry them on the truck. Okay, uh, this is the vanishing ink. This is the disappearing ink. Uh, markers should not be used for signing checks or any legal documents. Okay, so. I, my, I, for me in my house, I, my checks vanish. I don't know where my checkbook is. Does anybody know what a checkbook is anyways anymore, right? So for me, and it's hard to find a pen, isn't it? When you need one, when you actually do it, when you do find your checkbook and you have to write a check. Okay, so, but definitely don't use the vanishing ink. Um, so, um, also, you, you probably know this story, right? So this is a this is a very old image, right? You know this story. So, uh, Stella, Stella Lie Liebeck, I think is was her name. Okay, and you you're already shaking your head. Yeah, I know, I know. So, Stella, you know, ordered a coffee from McDonald's, and she spilled her coffee on her lap, and then she sued McDonald's, right? She sued McDonald's and she won. She got money for suing McDonald's because she bought a cup of coffee, which was we should already know is hot. She spilled it and therefore she sues McDonald's and she gets the money in return. So I say all these things because here's what we're so good at, and here's why these products go out of their ways; these different corporations go out of their way, to put these warning labels on their product because we are so good at this game, the blame game right? The blame game. We never want to take responsibility, you know, for ourselves. And we always want to, if something, if we forget to take our child out of the stroller and we fold up our child in the stroller, we say, well, the stroller company didn't tell me to take my child out. And so maybe I can sue them. Or we have a hot cup of coffee and we sp- spill that cup of coffee on our lap and we say well they should have warned me that the cup of coffee was hot right we're so good at pl- at playing the blame game. And so that's why all these corporations and companies have to put these warning labels and we think they're absurd, but they're like we we don't trust anybody. We don't tr- we're going to cover all of our bases and we're going to make sure that nobody can sue us for whatever they want to sue us. And so it's so easy for us to do that, right? When it, when it comes to us, you know, being impatient, right? When it comes to us like, ah, well, you know, if if my, you know, co workers, you know, didn't, you know, didn't, you know, weren't so inexperienced and you know, if if my kids, you know, weren't so, you know, crazy all the time, you know, if my if my wife, you know, didn't have like her own opinions of things. Like I just I wouldn't be so impatient. Right, we we it's so easy. Like well, maybe you struggle with you know lust, and you're like, well, if you know the if culture didn't have so many sensual images around, like I wouldn't I wouldn't struggle with that, you know. Or maybe you're like, well, you know, I would be I would be better spiritually. I would have so much spiritual apathy, you know, if like if I came to church and the music was more lively, or you know, Christians weren't so judgy, or the sermon was more more engaging. Like I would just be better spiritually if if all those things, you know, were were better in my life. All of us want to play the blame game. All of us want, instead of taking responsibility for ourselves, we want to pass the buck and say, well, the reason why I get angry is because of her. The reason why I get impatient is because of them. The reason why I have spiritual apathy is because of everybody else, but it's not about us. It's never about you. So this is what's happening here in Ezekiel. They are at the point where they're, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, they're in Babylonian captivity and they're, they're just frustrated. They're aggravated. They're upset about their current situation. And they don't feel like the people that are in, in Babylon in captivity, they don't feel like it's their fault. They don't feel like it's their fault. They feel like it's their ancestors' faults. They feel like it's their father's fault, their grandfather's fault, their great-grandfather's fault. They feel like it's because of what they did, not because of what we are, that that's why they're in, you know, captivity. That's why they're in the current present state that they're in. They were playing what we're good at playing, the blame game. And so here in Ezekiel, where we're going to pick it up in Ezekiel 18, says the word of the Lord came to me, who's, who's me, Ezekiel, the word of the Lord came to me, and here's what he says. What do you mean by repeating this proverb concerning the land of Israel? And here's the proverb. Here's what they would, they would continually repeat. The fathers, or in other words, our ancestors, the fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge our fathers have eaten sour grapes and the children's teeth are set on edge you're like well that was helpful thank you for that but that would they would keep repeating that proverb so let me just paraphrase what they were saying here's the paraphrasing for what they're saying our ancestors ate sour grapes and we are the ones with stomach aches does that make sense I was really proud of that. I was really proud of that one. I like that one, all Right? Our ancestors ate sour grapes, but we are the ones with the stomach aches. So they're, what are they doing? They're blaming, they're blaming their ancestors. They're saying it was their decisions, it was their choices, it was their immorality, it was their anger, it was their idolatry, it was, their, it was all their fault, and because of them, because of them, we are the ones with the stomach aches. We're the ones with the stomach aches. And so here's what, here's what God says. As I live, declares the Lord God, this proverb, proverb shall no more be used in Israel. Like God's like, I don't want to hear it anymore. Have you ever said that to your kids? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I I know what you keep blaming, you know, their fault, their fault. They did it, she did it, whatever, blah, 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 you know, like I'm in this because of her. I did the, uh, and God's going, just like a good parent would say, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear it anymore. And then, and listen, then here's what he says in verse 4 Behold, all souls are mine, the souls of the Father as well as the soul of the Son is mine. So, he's talking about soul. He's talking about your soul and he's talking about my soul. What is that? Our soul is the real you. It's the real you. It's who it's who we are. That's your soul. It's it's the real you. It's it's you without the body, okay? It's who you are. So, what about so what about your soul? What about your soul? What, is, what does God want us to know? He says, I, I, let's, first of all, he wants us to stop playing the blame game He wants us to stop making excuses and it's somebody else's fault. He wants us to stop pointing fingers at so-and-so or that situation or that circumstance and saying it's because of my upbringing, it's because of my father, it's because of my so-and-so that I am who I am. And so it's, it's time to stop, God's going, it's time to stop pointing fingers at somebody else and start turning that finger towards you. He says, I'm Talking to you. So, what we're good at in church is is when we show up and we sit and we listen and we're going, Man, that is so good. I'm so glad she's here with me. (laughs) I am so glad that the person that's sitting in the back. Is listening because, and it, it's so good, easy for us to do that, right? Like, because we think every sermon is not for me, every sermon is for them. Every sermon is for them. Listen, look at me, look at me, look at me. This is for you. This is for you. So, just for fun, let's take your finger like this, and then let's just turn it this way. <laughs> Thanks for participating, 30% of you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's for you, okay? So here's what God wants you to know about you. Here's what he wants you to know about you, okay? In in relationship with the Lord, okay? In relationship with God and you. God and you, God and you, God and you, okay? Not God and them. God and you, okay? First thing. The first thing, it's personal. It's personal. It's personal. What did he say? What did he say? He said, your soul, the souls of your father are mine. The soul of you, my sons, my daughters are mine, right? It's, so he's saying it's, it's personal, it's personal. So here's, here's what, what he's saying. He's saying that anything, and you know this to be true about you, anything that y- you claim to be yours, you take very seriously personal, right? Anything that's your possession, your thing, your stuff, it's, it's personal to you. And you don't even care if any, anybody else likes it. You don't even care like if they like your style or, you know, you're like, well, it's mine. It's, it's, it's what I like. And so it's, it becomes personal to you. And so this is the way that God wants you to, what you to understand is that your relationship with God is personal. It's personal. You and I, you already know this. You just can't be born into a Christianity. Okay? You can't be born into Christianity. You can't become a Christian by just being born into a Christian household. Okay? My, for example, I'm a I'm a pastor. I have Pastor's kids, it doesn't automatically, because they're a PK, it doesn't automatically, Pastor's kid, it doesn't automatically get them into heaven it doesn't get them into heaven it doesn't get them to for their sins to be forgiven it that it doesn't work that way just because they're born into a christian household just because they're even born as a pastor's kid it doesn't mean that they get a free pass into eternity with the lord it, their relationship and your relationship with god it's personal it's personal and, and we, we know this is because uh, think about your kids when they were younger or, or their grandkids. Boy, it's hard for them to share, isn't it? When they have, even when they have a play date or friends over, whatever, it's like, and and you try to get your child to share their their toys. These are my toys, right? These are their toys, and it's hard to get them to share. They're like, they get upset, they get possessive, you know, they get angry if you know if, if somebody that's mine, that's mine, that's mine. This is the way that God sees you and me. His relationship. With you, Hopefully, it's personal relationship with you. You, 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 you. Not because dad wasn't who dad was supposed to be or granddad or this coworker or this boss or whatever. God is gonna hold you accountable. He's gonna hold you accountable of what you allow into your life soul and what you allow into your life. It is not his fault or her fault or that circumstance's fault. It is on you. It's on you. And just for like your kids, listen. You you and I need to always continue to lead and teach our kids that their decisions and their choices, they are going to have to answer to the Lord. Why? Because it's personal. It's personal. They belong to him. And God has given each one of us a purpose. He's given each one of us a purpose. He's got a purpose for your life. He's got a purpose for your kid's life. He's got a purpose for your grandkids' life. He, as our creator, has given us that purpose in life. And so just like as a creator, I don't know, like my family are into Legos. Maybe you are a family that's in the Legos, but it's, it's, I love the idea of Legos. It's like creating and it's building. And then once it's built and once it's created, then it's like, then what's the purpose? Then what's the purpose? It's like just to display it and it looks cool and, the, and that's the, but I love seeing that something is created and actually having a purpose. So I have an, another image for you. I just thought that was a great purpose. Here's a Lego guy. He seems like he's having a hard time struggling with holding his, doing his job, and he has his purpose. And so if you're looking for a great idea of, of a charger, a phone charger, or a device charger, you can, ha- you can use this idea and use this Lego guy as your inspiration with a purpose. This guy, to me, he now has a purpose, Right? He, this guy was built, made, crafted, set up, and his purpose is, his job is to hold the chargers. <laughs> right? That's his job. Listen, God has assigned you, you, with a purpose. With a purpose of knowing, and this is important, with a purpose of knowing what your experiences have been, what your back you know you know background has been what your upbringing has been what life has thrown at you and here's here's what we already know life isn't fair can we all we all know that right So what life has thrown at us, what our experiences have told us, the way that people have treated us, and God would say, listen, I understand all that, I get all that, and I know that that's not fair, but I've created you, 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 with a purpose in mind, despite what you've seen, in spite of what you've experienced. You with me? It's personal. Why? Because you are His creation. You are His creation. You're His. You're His. The second thing is when, it talk, when we talk about our soul, it's perishable. It's perishable. Look what He says next. Let me read verse 4 to you again. Behold, all sons—excuse me, all souls—are mine. The soul of the father as well as the soul of the son is mine. It's personal. Then look what he says next. The soul who sins shall die. The soul who sins shall die. Your soul is perishable. It's perishable. Now, here's what is true about me. And to be fair, here's what is true about you. I am a terrible person. I'm awful. I'm a terrible person. I am I'm a, I'm a sinner. I am a sinner who is broken. I'm a sinner who falls short. And here's what Ezekiel says next in verse 5. If a man is righteous and does what is just and right, then he goes on to say this. Verse 9, walks in my statues and keeps my rules by acting faithfully. He is righteous. He shall surely live, declares the Lord God. But here's what we need to, need to know. The prophet Ezekiel, as well as all the other prophets in the laws of Moses... The purpose for those, the purpose of the laws and the prophets were to reveal something about us that you already know. And that is, we are broken people. We're broken people. We are, because of our sin, we are in violation of a holy and just and righteous God. And here's what Ezekiel was knew, and here's what God already knew. Anybody who walks in my statues and keeps rules by acting faithfully, he is righteous and he shall surely live. But here's what the laws and the prophets revealed, and here's the purpose of them. They revealed that you and I can't do this you and I can't do it. So I gave you verse 5 in Ezekiel 18, and this is verse 9 in Ezekiel 18. So just for fun, let's see how bad of people we are, just for fun. All right, you're like, I'm glad I showed up to church today, okay? <laughs> what about my self-esteem, pastor? Not today. <laughs> Not today. So just for fun, let's look what it says between verses 6 and 8. And this, this is my paraphrased version. You can go back and you can read it for yourself. You can come up with your own paraphrase. Okay? But here's what he says. If you can do these things, then you will be righteous, you will be just, and you will live forever. If you can do these things. So here is, here's the list. Here's my paraphrase list. Doesn't ever lust sexually. You're out, and so am I. We got the awkward one out of the way, okay? The next one, paraphrase of what he was saying, doesn't pile up bad debts. I won't even ask anybody to raise their hand. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, I will. I will. I told you I'm a terrible person. A terrible person. Next one, These are just. this is just from verses 6 to 8. Doesn't covet. Doesn't covet. You know what the heart of coveting is? The heart of coveting is, is this, is this. How many of you have ever been happy at someone else's plight because you don't like them? Awkward laughs. laughs. Awkward laughs. How many of you have ever been like angry because somebody else that you don't like is doing well and successful? That's the heart Of coveting. you're a terrible person. My self-esteem, pastor. Not today. Doesn't lie. It's another one. Anybody ever lie before? If you didn't raise your hand, you're just supporting what I'm saying. If you didn't raise your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. I'm a terrible person. And so are you. <laughs> Here's another one. This is, just, this is just from verses 6 to 8 in Ezekiel 18. Doesn't refuse food to the hungry. No, not you. You've never drove and, driven by that homeless guy before, right? Another one. Doesn't refuse clothing to the ill-clad. Another one, this is all just in these verses, six to eight, doesn't live by impulse and greed. Another one, doesn't treat one person better than another. You're like, man, I've maybe I am a bad person. <laughs> maybe I, maybe... If I look myself in the mirror, because I'm not pointing at so-and-so, even though I want to, (laughs) my soul, because, and here's what God is saying, and what it says all throughout the Bible, that this is called sin, and for the wages of sin is death, and your soul is perishable. Paul wrote it this way in Romans 3. He says, as it is written, talking about the laws and the prophets, as it is written, none is righteous. No, not one. Verse 11, no one understands. No one seeks for God. No one seeks for God. Verse 12, all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Not even one. He says this in in Romans 5. He says, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, our souls are perishable. And the reason why our souls are perishable is because we sin, because we're broken, Because we violate a just, holy, righteous God. And he says, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. By the way, speaking of Adam, you know what Adam did in the garden? When God showed up, he said, why are you guys hiding? And they finally fessed up, which God already knew. What did Adam do? He blamed her. The blame game. Exactly. The blame game started way back in the beginning. He said, you know what she did? And then you know what Eve did? The Eve blamed the serpent. Right? Well, this weird thing. This made me told me that I would have a better life if I just chose to be my own God, that I could, you know, listen, the blame game started. You know who God hold, hold, held? (laughs) Who God held personal responsibility to? Adam, Adam. And it came. Sin came into the world through one man, Adam. And Adam would go, "It was Eve." And Eve would go, "It was the serpent." And the serpent was going, "I don't know." <laughs> These are things that I should just stay with my notes. Stay on the notes. Stay on the notes. He says, "And death through sin." And so death spread to all men because all sinned. All sinned. And then he goes on to say this. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. Now look. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in the life through the one man, Jesus Christ. That should be exciting for you and me. That should be exciting for us. Oh, I'm broken. I'm a terrible person. I'm a sinner. And it's killing me. It's killing me spiritually and physically. But God, out of his abundance of grace, came and he offered a free gift called the righteousness of his son Jesus. So sin came in through one man, Adam, and it Infiltrated into all of our lives, and it made made us broken and shameful and desperate for a savior. And then God says, I've got one for you. His name is Jesus, and he will take your unrighteousness, he will take your shame, he will take your guilt, he will take your punishment that you deserve, and he'll take it for you. That's worth it. And he goes on, says this, verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. I love that idea of justification because the idea of justification is the free gift of life given to you, not because you earned it, not because you deserve it, not because you should have it, but because God says, I'm just gonna say that they are justified. That It's as if he's saying that it's just if I'd never sinned. It's just if I'd never sinned that Jesus gave his gift of righteousness, his love of abundant grace, and he poured it over me, and he took that on the cross for me. So, the third thing in the good news of why you came today, first of all, your soul with God, it's personal, your soul with God, it's perishable. But here's the good news today it's been. Purchased for you. It's been purchased. And Jesus said, I show up. One man brought condemnation, brought sin, brought death. God shows up in flesh, lives the perfect life, the sinless life that you and I couldn't do, can't do. And he took our unrighteousness, and he gave us his righteousness, and we are now justified before a holy God. And he purchased your soul. He purchased it. It's his soul now. So... Um, I've, I've got endless amount of illustrations from just going to Florida and from being um, a part of uh, our adventure week, which was based on the Star Wars theme. So, um, so I'm going to have another one for you. You're like, another one? Come on. Like, and it can't be a Sunday without an object lesson, okay? So uh, this is, what is this? Who knows? A lightsaber. It's a lightsaber. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is Darth Vader's lightsaber. This was, um, this was at, in, in, in uh, uh, Hollywood Studios, uh, in a section of Hollywood Studios called Galaxy's Edge. And you go into this, this store and they have all these replicas of all these different lightsabers. And so I took my boys into this uh, store in Galaxy's Edge. And I said, okay, boys, you guys pick out a lightsaber. And they're like, oh you serious? And, they, and and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's get this thing. And so they, we looked at a few different lightsabers. Now they only let you, there was like 14 of them, but their rule was you could only hold three. Okay. I know, I know, I know. So we could we, we, so we like, so we had to pick, we had to narrow it down. We had to narrow it down to three. And so we, we finally, and, and so we're, we're pretty classic. And so we were like, we narrowed it down to the one and it was Vader's lightsaber. I mean this thing I mean this thing is sweet. I yeah. I know. I know. And so I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't have purchased this for your kids. Can I be honest about that? Let's be. You wouldn't have purchased this for my kids. Okay, But because because they're mine, they're my boys, I purchased this. And this wasn't cheap, and I'm embarrassed to even say. So you can look it up later (laughs) if you want. And then say, I ain't giving any more to Market Street Church. Okay, so listen. I get all these nuances. I think about these things when I go through my illustrations. Okay. All right. I'm just, I'm on to you. I'm, on, I'm thinking ahead. I'm thinking ahead. But I, if, it, if it was, if they weren't, if it, they weren't my kids, mine, I wouldn't have purchased this. And, and here's the thing, like, too, my boys are like, well, we, you know, they sort of sometimes fight over it, you know, and then, and then I just have to step in, and they'll, and they'll say, well, it's mine. And then one, the other one will say, well, it's mine. And the other one will say, well, it's mine, because I bought them for two, my, both of my boys. It's mine, it's mine. And then I have to step in and go, no, it's mine. <laughs> you ever had to do this as a parent? Yeah. No, it's mine. And you already know why it's mine. Because I, I paid for it. I paid the price. I paid the price. And when they got for free and they're like, oh, this is sweet, this is amazing, they felt no effects of that. But you know who feels the effects of that? Me. So it wasn't like it wasn't at a cost. And it wasn't like your soul, you're like, well, you mean all I have to do is just believe? And then and I just believe and, and Jesus gives me his righteousness. His righteousness is imputed onto me and I don't have to earn that or work for that or do anything for that. No, you don't. But it doesn't mean that it didn't come at a cost. It came at a cost. Your sin, your choices, your decisions came at a cost. And because this is mine, it's kind of personal to me. I'm not going to let you touch it. <laughs> I'm not going to share. I purchased it. It's mine. Funny story. So I said, all right, boys, I'll buy this for you. And we were leaving. And I said, you know what? I said, you guys can buy me a Coke, a Diet Coke. So they have these cool little Diet Coke bottle things, part of Star Wars experience and this and that. So we stop at the pop stand, and I pull my nine-year-old's wallet out. (laughs) And I buy my Diet Coke using his money. And I figured it was the least he could do after what I just purchased for him. And I just took like a five- out of his wallet and he starts crying (laughs) you can't tell him that I'm telling this story (laughs) he starts crying I said what are you crying about he goes you're using my money I said I'm just buying a Diet Coke I just bought you a lightsaber shut your mouth I I, I told you I'm a terrible person I'm a terrible person Isn't that how we are? God, you're not getting into my wallet. This is my money. These are my choices. This is my will. This is my life. This is my plan. This is what I, this is my truth. Don't get me started on that. And God's going, what? I'm just asking you to open your money a little bit and be generous towards a mission and you start crying about what you have to what you think you need to do. I just paid the ultimate debt for you. Stop crying. When God goes, "Hey, I want I want you to do something." I want you to live a certain way. I have a purpose for your life. I made you. And if that's just holding some power cords like this, (laughs) his will be done. His will be done. It's his life. Your soul is his. Ezekiel says it this way. We'll, We'll wrap this up. But if a wicked person turns away from all his sins that he has committed and keeps all my statutes and does what is just and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Then he says this, None of the transgressions that he has committed shall be remembered against him. For the, righteous, uh, for the righteous that he has done, he shall live. So this is a promise. This is God's promise through Ezekiel of what would happen within the new covenant. This would ha- what would happen within Jesus. So here's the way that Paul writes it. Here's the way that Paul writes it in Colossians. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh... God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Then he says this, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Yeah. Okay, we'll move on. All right. I thought something was going to start because that was worth clapping for. That's worth that's the gospel. You're made alive. Your debt was canceled. And it wasn't because of anything you deserve. Paul says it this way in his first letter to Corinth. You you were bought with a price. Do not become a bondservant of men. You were bought with a high price. Your sin and mine was nailed to a cross so that you can be forgiven and I can be forgiven of all my trespasses. The good news for your perishable soul is it's been purchased by Jesus and so he says this, so brothers and sisters, in whatever condition each was called, there, there let him remain with God. Whatever circumstance, whatever place, whatever situation, whatever condition you were called, there you remain. You remain with God. Why? Because your life Your soul was bought and purchased and paid for by Jesus. So Ezekiel says this to us, and here's our takeaway. Cast away from you all, all the transgressions that you have committed and make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. Isn't that good news? That's what happened to you. That's what happened to you when you put your faith in Jesus. He has given you a new heart and a new spirit. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I have not come here to be served, but I came here to serve and to pay the ransom for many. So cast away all your transgressions. Turn away from the things that you've committed to be your plans or your purchases. And he says, make yourself a new heart and a new spirit. And then he asks this important question. Why will you die? In other words, why wouldn't you turn to the one Who has purchased your soul. Why would you keep living your life for you? And in the words of Jesus, trying to gain the whole world. But yet you're losing your soul. That was Jesus' Jesus's words. We're trying to gain the whole world. We're trying to make life about us. We think it's my life. It's my life. It's my life. And God's going, no, it's mine. It's mine. And you keep trying to live for you, and it's killing you. It's killing you. But God gave us a way out, and he purchased it already on the cross. And so he's saying to you and to me, why would we live for anything else in this world other than God? Why will you die? Why will you die? Why would you continue to go in that way? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn, turn it around and live. Turn it around and live. Here, your soul, it's personal. Don't blame anybody else. Your plight, your experiences, your setbacks, listen. It's personal it's between you and god let's stop pointing fingers let's stop pointing fingers because the truth is it's perishable the truth is i took a minute to prove to you and to me the brokenness of who we are but the good news is that there's a way out of that and there's a new heart and there's a new spirit for you that was already purchased for you on the cross. It was already nailed. He paid your debt. And if he's paid your debt, your life, your soul is his. You were bought with a price. Stop living for self. Stop trying to gain the whole world. But instead, God, I'm turning back to you because I want to live. I wanna live. Father, we come to you. And this is today the gospel in all of its beauty, in the abundance of its grace, God, you created us, you made us, you put breath in our lungs. And every day that we wake up, it's only because of your grace. And if we're honest with ourselves and we stop pointing fingers at others, we'll realize that we, because of our sin, we fall so far from your glory. We fall so far from your righteousness and your holiness. But because you love us, because you care about every little nuance of our lives, and where we're giving our souls to and what we're putting our time into and what we're putting our investments into, God, that you still love us to the point where you demonstrated that love and you sent your son Jesus to pay our debt for us. And those that are here today that have never put their faith in your son Jesus, God, I pray, Lord, that they do that right here and right now, because why would we choose just to die? You made us for so much more than that. I pray, Lord, that a decision is made today to choose to live and to be made alive so that for those who put their faith in your son, Jesus, that death just becomes a doorway into eternal life with you. For those of us that are here today, God, that have declared this, have made this uh, declaration in our life, put our faith in your son, Jesus, for us to continue in sin is madness. It's for us to question Your sovereign rule is insanity. And for us to realize that you bought us with a price in our life, our life, our decisions, our choices, what we do with our time, what we do with our money, it's yours. It's yours. You purchased it. So Father, I just pray, God. I pray for those that don't know you. I pray that they do today. For those that do know you and have a relationship with you, God, I pray, Lord, that we realize that maybe there's some sort of sin that we're still allowing to rule and to reign in our life. And that whatever condition that you have us in, God, that we, we just remain in you and turn nowhere else. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming today, everybody. God bless you. If you need prayer, I'm right here. I'd love to pray with you if you need it. Thanks for coming.